Eloquentia perfecta ex machina. Eloquentia perfecta ex machina. Eloquentia perfecta ex machina. Welcome to Eloquentia perfecta ex machina, a podcast series devoted to the teaching of rhetoric and composition with and through a range of media, and focusing on the writing program at St. Louis University. On this podcast, we interview instructors about how and why they use multimodal approaches, and we have instructors interview other instructors about the nuts and bolts of particular tools and assignments. In this episode, episode six, Lauren Turbrock and Byron Gilman Hernandez explore the role of stealing in pedagogy. Hey, this is Lauren, and I'm in the studio with Byron, and today we're talking about stealing. Yes, thank you, Lauren. Stealing, it's an idea for a podcast I first got from a Pinterest post that wrote, I like how the plagiarism section of the syllabus is the same for every class, almost like it was copied and pasted there, which I got from whisper.sh, who probably stole it from Twitter. But for most of us, we make a lot of use of other people's assignments, syllabi, even regular in-class stuff in our own classrooms. Lauren, do you have any experience with that? Well, yeah. So when you and I were first talking about this podcast, um, you had mentioned, well, everything that you've done that's interesting in the classroom with new media, you've stolen from other people. And my first instinct was to say, well, yeah, everything that I've done in the classroom was stolen from someone else. To be honest, it's the only way I know how to teach because either I've seen somebody do something that was really effective or it was effective for me as a learner. And so I, I would say stealing is one of, one of the most important things for me as a, as an instructor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when we were first talking about this, about that, we were talking about some of the ideas possible for this podcast to talk about interviewing people about what they've stolen before, trace how things develop and whatnot. There's a lot of ways that you can take a very interesting uh, approach to this, talking about stealing in the classroom. But I feel also for this, we could share some of our own anecdotes with stealing. I have one in particular, though, like I said, like all, in, all of my good ideas were the stolen ideas. But I borrowed something just a few weeks ago from an undergrad professor of mine. John Kerrigan at Rockford University, where he had, and it's not like an assignment or syllabus line, it was just kind of an in-class performance. And he would do this thing where he'd hold up two books and he'd have like one of them really beat up and dog-eared and notes in the margins, and the other one would be uh, this pristine new edition. And he'd ask, which one's more valuable? And then he'd be like, we'd talk about the value of writing books and why you want to write, beat up your books a little end it with like sympathetic to students who want to resell their books at the end of the uh, the end of the year for get the money back and trying to be reasonable about book prices and he'd be like but when you think about how much money you spend on books and you'd start moving towards the door just ask yourself moving towards the door how much you're spending on tuition and then comically like vaudeville book it out and i swipe that and I did it for my uh, students in my literature class this semester. And I didn't do the book it towards the door. Because I was always, ever, by like the fifth class I had with them, I was like, this is the corniest thing. But I'm like saying it. And I reached that point where I tell my students, how much are you paying to be in this room? You don't sprint towards the door. You make an eye contact with 20 kids who are just doing the math in their head. How much they're paying to hear from you. 
you really need to break for that door. Yeah. So one of the one of the things that I've stolen is from Dr. Rivers, his infographics, um, or or using infographics in the writing classroom. And I stole this idea kind of out of necessity because when my 1900 students get to the multimedia assignment, I have an odd number who want to make like brochures or pamphlets as their as their multimedia project. And so instead of doing that, I I stole the infographic idea. But what's interesting about about the students that I've had thus far is I think part of the reason that they're drawn to something like a brochure or a pamphlet is because they want to just copy and paste main points from their essay into a smaller format and then and then just present that. And so what I would often have to do is I would give them the infographic option, but then I would have to work extra hard with them to make sure that they weren't forgetting the graphic part of it and that they weren't they weren't just basically again, trying to copy and paste a few main points and then put it on PictoTart. But I also had to, in a way, as as we know, you can't just copy and paste something and it fits and it, it works for whatever whatever you're using it for. So I did have to kind of meet them halfway and allow them to to present the information that they were wanting to present, but not not let them just take the easy way out. And it's interesting because, well, the topic we're working with is stealing and such a loaded term that when I started reaching out for people for interviews, I got some people that was like, I'm not going to put my name and record and go on the record and talk about what I've stolen. Right. But it's not just, you know, copying and pasting. Like you said, like the students who do that for like the, they just want to save on work. But at the same time, there's a lot about sort of that language. And in one of the interviews I conducted with a fellow SLU doctoral student, uh, Blanca Santoa, uh, she talked a bit about sort of the, the language of that and her own experiences. Uh, I'll play the clip. Well, I would say borrowed because it was consented stealing anyway. Um, yes, I have a couple of things come to mind. One of them, for my neosyllabus for my literature class, I borrowed um, the idea of creating very tight thematic units from Heather Wasand Witcher, who had taught this class before. And also from my lead classes, I borrowed quote identification quizzes for my students from Seth Strickland because I was doing plot content and it wasn't really working. So quote identification allows them to get points for identifying a speaker, context, relevance of the quote, and it works much better for them. They're overall doing better and they seem to like them a lot. And Have they changed a little since uh, you've adapted it to your classroom? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So for the units, I got the general idea, and um, one of the books that we were doing in common, I did kind of do something very similar to what Heather Bosandwicher was doing, uh, but the rest are all originally mine. As for the quizzes, no, I don't think I don't think those have changed, because it was already pretty much set with the idea of the three speaker context relevance of the quotes, and I haven't changed it, no. 
And have you ever had any of your work that you've shared with other people for their use to your knowledge? Well, sure. I shared with other people many lessons plans, even PowerPoints and Prezi's that I've created for class, assignments, um, discussion posts. So I have my students post discussions a couple hours before class, and I shared that idea last year with another graduate student, and she seemed to like it very much and adapted it from me. So, yeah. And that was sort of a, a pretty good summation from people who I even wasn't able to get interviews with, sort of their attitude and their experience with stealing in their pedagogy. And it's interesting that other instructors are not wanting to, as you say, go on the record and, and admit things that they've stolen. Whereas for me, I mean, it's central to my teaching. It is stealing from other teachers who I um, admire or who I think are effective. I I find that to be crucial to my own development as a writing instructor. And I even offered for people, I'd be happy to learn how to do voice modulation for this. But uh, actually, to talk about it as something crucial, that actually came up with uh, another interview I had with a uh, Eloquentia Perfecta Ex Machina alum, Christina Hildebrandt. Uh, let me play what she had to say about stealing and more. Well, basically, I would say a lot of our practice, either in composition or really in literature classes, anytime we're teaching, a lot of us are first-time teachers. So we are drawing from this well of other people's assignments and other people telling us what has worked for them and what hasn't worked for them, which is technically lore. And could you like strictly define lore for us? Well, I'm staring at an article from the Chronicle of Higher Education. And basically... Lore consists, reading from them, lore consists of ideas and assumptions that are grounded in local experience, what worked for me, and then passed along informally, for the most part, from one faculty member to the next. Lore is sometimes informed by research and thus transmutable and generalizable, but more often it is not. And do you have any personal experiences with lore you'd like to share with us? Well, I mean, one of the assignments that Natalie Whitaker and I were just discussing is on close reading for the 2000 level. So all of us kind of have our students do more informal sort of close reading assignments. And the one that I use is basically this Franken assignment that I have shoved together from somebody at my master's and Ellen Crowell and <laughs> then my own sort of input. So these assignment cheats just become pieces of everybody else's assignment, and mine has pictures. So that makes it automatically better, right? Yeah, so I think that that concept of almost our, our assignments um, or our syllabus or just our general um, lesson plans that we do on a day-to-day -day basis in the classroom being a type of patchwork from our experiences as both um, students as well as instructors, um, I think that's I think that's important to remember that that's okay. Or that's something that should be done for writing instructors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, just I mean the whole point of like a podcast like this is to share ideas with people, mm -hmm. and we're hoping people will use that idea. If you get published in a journal, you're hoping someone's gonna pick up one of your arguments or whatnot. Well, uh, sort of, I guess, the whole idea of a university, and <laughs> we got to go that far, bringing people together to uh, share and contribute. We always want to give 
understand, like, uh, you don't want to plagiarize. But at the same time, we do want to, we don't want to bother, I mean, it would be almost impossible at this point to talk with some assignments from, well, I got this from her, who got it from this institution. We kind of kludged it together here, uh, that there's a lot to it of just, uh, we're continuously exchanging ideas and making use of pretty much everything that's not nailed down. And I actually spoke with uh, Dr. Paul Lynch, director of the writing program, who actually had quite a bit to say on that subject. I, th- I mean, I th- I'm all in favor of stealing when it comes to pedagogy, because I think, you know, we're, we're here trying in some way to sustain the true Jesuit tradition of eloquentia perfecta. And every scholar on Jesuit pedagogy I've ever read says the Jesuits were wholly unoriginal. In, in their theory. What they did was put together bits and pieces from different other traditions in kind of a new way. So, so thieving pedagogy is an old, the old part of the Jesuit tradition. And is there anything you've stolen for your syllabi in your classes? Oh, I, I, I've stolen probably everything. Um, I would have to take a minute to think about exactly how much I've, I've taken. Um, but look, we are, you know, our, our, the, the sort of standardish syllabus, right, is, is cobbled together from different questions and, and researches, books in the discipline. So we've taken some from Jody Shipka's Toward a Composition Made Whole. That's kind of the whole thinking behind our, the way we approach the multimodal assignment. The Dysologoi, of course, is stolen straight from the text of that, by that name, that emerged in fourth or fifth century Greece, right? The whole thing is stolen. And as a uh, tenured faculty member, do you still find yourself stealing things occasionally? Sure. Pedagogically speaking, yes. Anytime I come across a new idea for teaching. I mean, to put it this way, I think anytime you're trying to revamp a syllabus, re, re, rethink ideas. Of course, you'll come up with something original because in the sense that as you take other people's ideas and try to repeat them, changes and little variations are always going to be introduced, right? There's this idea, this silly idea we have that originality means wholly original, sui generis from nowhere. But of course, that's not what it means. It always means taking ideas that are already out there and repurposing them, and in the repurposing, you do introduce some kind of new stuff. So I'm never starting from nowhere, but I think the way we've put it together might be particular to to us here at SLU. And something about Dr. Lynch's point about not having originality, not meaning from nowhere, is something I find is pretty relevant to our students. Sometimes I find there's sort of a paralysis of uh, we need to have completely original ideas but we're always in those 1900 classes. I'm trying to be like, just root yourself in your research, find yourself, like make use of other people's work mm-hmm. to do the lifting for you and to encourage our students. Uh, when I teach like MLA seminar, either for 1900 or for the writing center to talk about it in the sense that as a college student, as a university educated writer to start seeing yourself in a big chain of, making use of other people's arguments, giving people a citation back to that, and making your arguments as something someone in the future could reach back to and take a bit out to influence themselves. So uh, 
suppose that's our episode. Thank you very much for having me here, Lauren, uh, especially for our first all-graduate student, yeah. Eloquentia Perfecta Ex Machina. Thank you very much, Byron. Mm-hmm. Yep. And here comes that outro music in three, two... If you'd like to get involved in this podcast series, to share an assignment or tool, or even to pitch an interview, please contact me, Nathaniel Rivers, at nathaniel.rivers at slu.edu. Eloquentia Perfecta Ex Machina. Eloquentia Perfecta Ex Machina.